Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 20. Anyone out there have trouble remaining calm when dealing with your teenager? I do, and I did, still do a lot of the time, and that's what this podcast is about. I truly believe that if you can remain calm with your teenager, you can pretty much remain calm in any situation. So listen in for my tips and really practical advice for how to do this in your own life. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome. So glad that you're here. If you're returning to listen to me, so happy you came back. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, welcome. So glad you're here. And what I want to talk to today is actually a question that came to me from a listener. So shout out to him. I'm not going to say his name just to protect confidentiality. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking that that's probably the best thing. But I so appreciate his question because it really helps me understand the struggles. And I know when he brought this question up that I started thinking about how I've handled it. And it is a challenge that I've come across in my parenting of teenagers as well. And this question really got my wheels turning. So that's what I'm going to discuss. And so what it is, is how do we connect with our teenager when they have a different personality type? So his question was specifically this was my 16 year old daughter is extremely shy and introverted and has developed social anxiety, for instance, as a result, she's being homeschooled. And then he went on to say, my 14 year old daughter is on the other end of the spectrum, extroverted. She needs to be the center of attention and can be very loud at times with unexpected bursts of emotions. So the question, like I had said at the beginning was, how do you handle that and how to connect with them? Because I kind of asked him to be a little bit, just a little bit more specific is that having a difficulty with connecting with different like kids or teenagers who have different personality types. So when I started thinking about this, I really got to thinking about how we talk about our kids when they're born. And this is more if you're like a birth parent, then I realize our kids come to us in different ways. But um, the, the moment that we see a child, we start kind of comparing them to us in a way, especially if they, if we gave birth to them, but we can also see similar traits in people that we didn't obviously give birth to as well. So it could work across the board, but that's kind of what I'm meaning is that when we um, have our children, we start when they're very young, like who do they look like? Who are they acting like? What's their temperament like? How do we, we compare them to us when we were babies? Like, oh yes, I was like that. And I think we start to do this because we look at ourselves as sort of the barometer of, of who they are. And we're always looking for how we can relate to people in the situation, how we kind of relate to ourselves and how we see the world. So our brains are always trying to make meaning of things and they always want to understand a person. And it's usually from the perspective of, of how we see the world. And it, this really helps us to connect with people because we look out into the world 
for who we connect with. So for example, if we're looking at starting a friendship with somebody, um, we kind of gravitate towards people who think like us and we just kind of, we just get them, right? So we can have a, a circumstance with our kids or our children that we have kids who are like exactly like us. We think that we know exactly how they perceive the world and how they are acting and we get them instinctively. And then also we can have we often do get children who are nothing like us. We have no idea how they got to be the way they were. And we can have trouble with connecting with them as well. And there's problems on both sides though, because when I read this question, there is problems connecting with somebody who's like us. And there's also problems connecting with somebody who is not like us. And I kind of thought, okay, well, why would that be? And I think what happens too is in a parent-child relationship, it's a bit different. So when we're looking at friends or other relationships that we actually choose, we often don't feel responsible for them. And we, we're not viewing them as like a project. I know I've talked about that before, but when we look at our children, we kind of look at them as like, okay, we are, we're completely and utterly responsible for them. We gave birth to them. So obviously we gave them every trait that they have. Um, every way they are is because of something we've said or done, or because of somehow genetically we pass this on to them. And we can begin to question that, I think, because it's just not true. Like if you think of yourself as a unique individual you developed your own way of being in the world, partly from nature and partly from nurture and also partly from the experiences that you have experienced. So I think we need to distance ourselves from this total and full responsibility of how we've kind of created this child, some way we uh, developed them into some way of being. And it's not actually true. I think we have to allow for some space to realize that our children come to us as like unique, fully formed individuals, or they're, they kind of come through us as unique, uh, fully formed individuals who have their own distinct personality traits. So, um, what the the way I'm thinking about that is that if we can sort of look at our children more like separate from us. So this is the part where we kind of don't look at them as an extension of us, but look at them as a unique individual. And I think this can be very helpful because if we look at somebody as a unique individual and not through our own eyes or some way that we have impacted them, then we can get a little bit of perspective on how they are. We can get a little bit, uh, we can be a little bit curious about how they're acting and not relate it completely back to something that we've done at all times. We definitely impact our children. I'm not saying that, but personality trait wise, they, they come to us with a lot of things that are very unique. And I'm sure if you look at your own children, you can look at ways they're like you, ways they're not, ways they're kind of like you. Like it's just too much. A person is so multidimensional that just to reduce them down to like, oh, they're just like me or they're nothing like me. That's such a, just kind of a one dimensional way of viewing them. So first of all, 
I would say separate them from you a little bit and start to get curious about who they actually are. And then the next thing that I was thinking about is when our teenager is like us in a lot of ways, then it depends on what we are thinking about ourselves. So just to clarify this a bit, if you have, and I'll use the example of introversion and extroversion. Okay. So if you have a teenager who is introverted, tends to be more on the anxious side. And if you are very similar to that teenager, then I want to put it to you. How, what do you think about yourself and your own introverted tendencies? Because if you believe that your introversion is a gift, it's helped you in the world. It's been a very positive thing. If you believe that this has served you well, then you won't be as challenged when dealing with your teenager who is also the same as you. Or if you believe that being anxious has helped you in some way or it has helped you manage something in some way. And I, I will just say I'm a very anxious individual and oftentimes I feel like my anxiety has been a gift in a sense that it's helped to lead me to a lot of things that have helped me in my life in other ways. So I can now view it as a gift. But when I was many years ago, I would say I viewed it as like a horrible thing. So if I saw any form of anxiety come up in my child or my teenager, that would bring up a lot of fear for me because I thought, oh, of course I gave them that anxiety and I don't want them to experience the same things I'm experiencing. Them. Experiencing. So how do you feel about your own personality traits that you share with your child? And that will give you a clue maybe to how you're connecting with them. Because I think then when you see those personality traits come up and say you think they're awesome, you're going to be glad to see them in your child. And if they come up and you think they're, they're not great, then you are going to be afraid to see them in your child. And you're going to blame yourself because you're going to think, well, I gave that to them or I showed them how to do this. So that's how that comes up. So the other thing that can come up is dealing with a child who is nothing like you. And that can also come back to how you're feeling about yourself. Because if you're feeling particularly good about yourself and the way you are and feeling like this is the only way to be, like I am an extroverted person and I think that's awesome and my child is extroverted, I think that's amazing because they're going to have a great time in the world because I have a great time in the world and I think it's the best thing. But if you're an introverted parent and then you have a child who's very extroverted and you feel that introversion has not served you well or that it's not the way you want your child to be in the world or your teenager to be in the world, then you may connect more with an extroverted child because you think, great, they're exactly the opposite of me and this is better and you're just going to believe that. And I am not in any way saying introverted, introversion is better, extroversion is better. I think the world needs all of us. I think that both are amazing and both serve so many parts of the world. And I just think that's great. However you are, I think the world needs all of us. That's my personal belief. But but you can see how how you feel about yourself really impacts how you're connecting with 
your child who will have similar traits to you or uh, very different traits to your own personality. So as I most often say in these things, it starts with how we feel about ourselves. That's where we have the most impact and that's where we can have the most understanding. So if you can get super curious about how you feel about your own traits that you like and that you don't like and really understand them and understand as well that there that none of these are good or bad they just they just are like your introversion your shyness they your natural tendencies if you can get to a place of acceptance with them and accept okay this is where I am if you can also look at these traits that you've had and see how in some ways they have served you and in some ways they've not served you I uh, had a life coaching experience one time with um, with a life coach and said there's no bad good or bad personality traits there's only ones that are sort of overplayed and underplayed so you can look at your all of the dimensions of your personality and see how you have ones that are more pronounced and ones that are less pronounced and some you bring out in certain situations and some you bring out in other situations. And the best thing that you can do is just look at those personality traits and see, okay, how is this serving me and how is it not? And there's no judgment on that. There is no good or bad. There's no introversion, bad, extroversion, good. There is none of that. It's all just amazing and such an interesting and unique part of you. So that's what I would do. I would start with yourself and look at how you feel about your own introversion or how you feel about your own natural tendencies and really examine that. And then once you do that, then when the things come up in others, in your children that trigger you in any way, you can be like, oh, why am I, why is this part of them? bothering me so much? What am I so bothered about here? What am I believing about them? And usually it has something to do with what you're making it mean about yourself in that situation. So whatever behavior that they do, like I have found that if something comes up and it's a part of me that I really don't like about myself, if I see it in my child, I really am, that really triggers me in that situation. So Come back to yourself and how you're feeling and just get really curious about your teenager then and their personality and maybe drop the assumptions that you know exactly what they're thinking and feeling. Even if they are a child or a teenager who you would define as somebody who's exactly like you, I would be careful when you say, oh yes, they're exactly like me. They're thinking, they think exactly the same way that I do. If you get curious about what they think and feel about certain things, you may find out that they have very different ways of viewing the world. And curiosity is the best way to communicate with anybody. If you come to somebody with an energy of sort of judgment in a sense, or something like, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying you are necessarily, but I know when you have a something you want to bring up or a way of your teenager being that you're not liking, you're going to come to it with judgment. Like, why the heck are you acting this way? Like, what what's wrong with you? What are you doing? If you come to them with that energy, it can be felt by whoever you're talking to. Instead of coming to somebody with an energy of curiosity. So 
you can ask somebody something like, I, I really just want to understand how you're seeing this. Like when this happened and you did this, what is it that you were thinking? Like, I just, I'm really curious to know because I would think of it this way, but I'm not so sure that that's how you're thinking and perceiving it and experiencing this thing. So that's what I would, how I would look at these scenarios and look at how you're, how parenting different personality types, just get curious about yourself first and then get curious about your teenager and don't make any assumptions about them. Okay. So I hope this was helpful and this really was in the realm of connection and also acceptance and also maybe some managing emotions and some love. When we get curious about our teenagers, I kind of like to think about our teenagers as I know when, when my boys got to be a certain age, I kind of felt like they were aliens. It's like somebody came in and took their bodies out and replaced them with an alien being. Like I didn't understand them. They spoke in a different way. They had a different sort of language. Their voices got really deep. And it was like, what the heck happened to my sweet kid? I've got this grumpy teenager now who doesn't talk to me. And so we, I kind of like to think about them as aliens if, if an alien came to earth and we had to get to know and understand them and study them and understand what they like and didn't have any assumptions about them, we, if we treated them like an alien that we love and are very curious about, we would get so much information and it would help us on our journey with them and how to relate to them maybe in a bit of a different way. And also in some upcoming episodes, I am going to be talking about what happens to our teenagers in their brains. And as they get into this stage, I think I want to get into a little bit more about the actual neuroscience, because that's always helped me when I'm struggling with anything is to understand the, I, I like to understand the emotional side of it, but I also like to understand the neuroscience behind what's happening. And I, I did this when my teenagers were going through this and just understanding that is so helpful to how I deal with them and manage them and have so much more compassion for them and for myself going through this particular stage of life. So I hope this is helpful for you. And I also want to invite you, I have at the end just an offer for a video on how to, what, what, what do you do when you lose it on your teenager and how to stop yelling at them and how to understand what triggers us. Like we all lose it on our teenagers. So stay tuned to listen to my offer. And it's just a 10 minute video about how to think about this in a different way and how to release the shame and blame. If you've ever lost it on your children, I've lost it several times. And now I understand why I did that. And I'm able to step in a bit sooner with myself before I get to this point. So that's what you'll learn in this video. So please do check it out and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you and that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as 
parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all. And I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.